Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Jeremy Scott Finn's podcast, a radio show coming to you on this Friday, April the 15th, 2022. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we are talking training in your 40s or training on the wrong side of 30. I'll figure out the title uh, by the time I get this bad boy loaded. But this is the first uh, podcast I've done solo in what seems like a very long time. Uh, it's been probably over two months, maybe even longer. I guess I could go back and double check. But it's been probably the longest uh, since I started this podcast. I've been talking to way too many uh, smart, educated people so I thought I'd dumb it down a little bit today and uh, just have it be me and talk about something that I obviously know very well as I am on the wrong side of 30 in training and much, much closer to 40 than I am to 30. And I think a lot of you uh, can relate, whether you're you know in your early 20s, you can pick up some things and hopefully not make the same uh, stupid mistakes that I have and a lot of other people have along the way. And if you're somebody who is slightly my elder, maybe you're in your mid-40s or you're in your 50s and moving into 60, a lot of these tips are going to be applicable to you as well. Uh, again, it doesn't matter what age you are. I wish I would have heard things like this when I was younger. And uh, it, it definitely is always a great reminder. And I'm going to share some awesome stuff uh, during this episode from BJ Gadur uh, and Dave Schmitz, the bandman himself. So before I kick into that, uh, the episode is brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens. You guys already know it's the one thing I take every single day. If you're tired of taking 14 different pills and you're looking to just really find something to cover the gaps in your nutrition, maybe you eat you know, well but not perfect or you're somebody who eats like complete trash and you're looking to just be healthier and get more micronutrients, vitamins and minerals into your life because your diet is devoid of them, this is the one thing I'd take. Uh, I literally put the travel packs in my backpack everywhere I go. At our house, we keep it in the fridge. I do one scoop a day, I throw it in some cold water, I slam it, and I'm good to go. If you guys want to check it out, uh, right now, the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott, will get you a year supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. Again, you're talking 10 to 12 servings of fruits and veggies in terms of the antioxidant equivalent in each scoop, and it has a probiotic in there and a digestive enzyme. And right now, if you guys want to check it out, we'll give you a year supply of the free vitamin D, which you should already be taking, and we'll throw the five free travel packs in. It's a pretty sweet deal. Now, maybe you've heard me talk about this before. Maybe this is the first episode you listened to. You can message us on the contact page on the website, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Send an email in. Monica will actually take a pack right from this office and ship it to your front door. 100% for free. My gift to you guys. If you like it, then you can get hooked up with all the free stuff from there. It is the best tasting greens on the planet. It's not even close. I'm not just saying that. I've tried the rest, and most of them taste, you know, like a dirty sock or hot garbage. Neither one of those is uh, very palatable. Athletic greens taste as close to a milkshake as you're going to get in terms of greens. So hit me up. Otherwise, check out the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott to get hooked up today. Also, we're brought to you by our friends at Dry Farms Wine. Again, Heather uh, is a wine drinker in moderation, but she likes it a certain way. She's very particular and specific, and I think you should be if you're doing things at volume in your life. And Dry Farms Wines, we hooked up with those guys because they make pure natural wine. It's very rare. Uh, 
I believe the FDA allows 76 added, like additives into a lot of the wines, which they, they pump in a ton of sugar, uh, even more alcohol than is needed. Dry Farms does not do that. It's organic. They literally have like a criteria that very few people can pass in terms of their wines. It's free of the toxic additives. It's the best choice you can make. And people tell me it tastes amazing. I'm a wine idiot. So what do I know? But if you want to check it out, the site is dryfarmwines.com slash Jeremy Scott Fitness. You buy a bottle, you get another bottle for a penny. Um, this will be in the show notes as well. But if you guys are wine drinkers, I'd urge you to try it. It's organic, especially if you're going to be doing it at scale. If you drink wine once a year, I guess it doesn't matter. But if you do it like on a weekly, bi-weekly or monthly basis, you might as well pick a healthier version because at the end of a year, imagine how much shitty added sugar and additive wine you've been pumping into your body when you could have been doing it much healthier. Again, obviously everything in moderation, but I'm a realist. You guys are going to drink booze, so you might as well do it the healthiest way possible. Also, we're brought to you by our friends at Beam CBD, beamtlc.com. You can put in the code Jeremy Scott to get 20% off all products, 35% off all subscriptions. I take the dream product uh, to go to sleep probably five or six nights per week. There's no THC in it. You won't get high. It's CBD. Uh, there's melatonin. There's magnesium in there. It uh, is not habit forming. You don't wake up feeling groggy. You just get a good night's sleep. So if you guys want to try it, uh, you can go to the site, put in the code Jeremy Scott, or hit us up. And we have a bunch of dream samples here in house. Just like Athletic Greens, we'll ship them right to your front door. You guys can try them and then get hooked up with all the free stuff from there. And last but not least, our friends at JLab Pro. The website is jeremyscottfitness.jlabpro.com. This is where we get our protein, turmeric, collagen, and krill oils. We always have a discount code on the protein and the collagen as well. It's honestly, I've known Jay for, I don't know, 10 years at this point. And uh, one of the first people to put stevia as a sweetener with the protein powder. And I just trust what they do. Uh, again, worked with them for a decade. And uh, we do have a free supplement guide where we kind of walk through all these things in detail. And periodically, they have entire sales on the website. So if you guys are on the newsletter, obviously, you're going to be able to see that and uh, check it out from there. And you can always message us to get added to the newsletter if you don't see it. But if you want to get anything now, there's a discount for the protein and the collagen always. And then typically, we'll have one for the whole site. JeremyScottFinis.jlabpro.com. Man, that is a mouthful. The other podcast sponsors are going in the show notes. You guys can read them from there. Sleeves Sold Separately, where I get a lot of my fitness gear and clothing. And our friends at Kettle and Fire Bone Broth will be in there for you with a discount code you can check out. Now, some real quick housekeeping stuff before I begin. Uh, we do have a fitness program kicking off here in just over one day and seven hours. So right now it's April 15th, 2022. And it is about one o'clock. So you have until Saturday night to register for our 40 days of fitness. We've never done this program before. It's brand new. It's the most, I would say, physically demanding of the fitness programs we have put out. You can check it out. The site is jeremyscottfitness.com slash 40-days-of-fitness. I know it's a mouthful. The link's in our Instagram bio. It's also in our stories right now. You just need some dumbbells and a bench to crush this program, and that literally is about it. It's uh, something we filmed late last year. I think you guys will dig it. We go through a lot of different protocols and uh, you know, kind of training circuits and uh, settings during there, so you'll learn a lot no matter what fitness level you're at. If you're a beginner, this thing's going to be brutal. If you're intermediate or advanced, it's going to level you up in your training for sure and, and probably let you see what holes you have in your fitness game. So meaning if you guys don't do a lot of strength work or if you're you know missing some 
tempo work or speed work, uh, this is going to kind of uncover that and show like, you know what, maybe I'm not as great, you know, moving dynamically as I thought. Maybe my, my muscular endurance isn't as great as I thought. And that's what this will kind of do. And uh, you'll learn a lot. And so you'll head in, you know, uh, into summertime from spring on all cylinders, looking and moving and feeling your best, hopefully so. Hit me up if you want a podcast discount code quick. You got to do it fast. I'll be checking my phone probably until early tomorrow afternoon, and then you're going to be on your own. So link in the IG bio. Otherwise, hit us up, jeremyscottfitness.com slash 40-days-of-fitness. All right, enough of that bullshit. So we are going to be talking about something that I think is important uh, for everybody to hear, uh, to listen to, and just really integrate into your own training and into your own life. Oh, before I forget, between all of us here, no, I'll just throw it out there into the world, we are working on a, an app here that will be able to deliver uh, fitness to you guys on a daily basis, if that's what you want. We've had a demand for it for quite a while. We're still going to run all of our major transformation programs, like our 47-day like our 30 for 30, like this 40 days of fitness, the same way we are doing it. So that way we can coach you guys with the start and the end date. So it's very specific, but we have got a ton of requests over the last probably year and a half for, Hey, you know, I couldn't start this program. What else do you have for me? And we've had some kind of holder groups, but push came to shove and we are kind of in the app uh, development stage here. So you're probably looking Sometime mid-April, um, we'll do a pre-sale for all of you guys who are interested. What you'll get is a bunch of programs that I've done, obviously, through the years in there. I will share what I do weekly, personally. I'll share a lot of our group stuff here. So a lot of lifting, uh, a lot of metabolic flows, all the mobility stuff. I'll talk nutrition. I'll talk with you in depth in there about habits, rituals, routines. We'll go over training protocols, uh, like anything. Uh, I'm going to get obsessed with it and I'll become a psychopath and I'll make it the best fucking thing it can possibly be. So just keep your eyes out for that. If that's something that interests you guys, you could take your phone with you to the gym and uh, do exactly what I do. And we'll have stuff in there for beginners and intermediate and advanced people. And then if you guys are interested in exactly what I do, you're going to be able to see it. And, uh, you know, just take the pieces that you like from it. And that's all I would tell anybody. You don't have to do exactly what I do, how I do it, but at least you'll get the blueprint in the outline if you need to cut the volume down or or maybe the time or maybe you're more badass than me and you, you add stuff to it who knows but I just want to mention that before I forget uh, it's been eating up a lot of my time lately this is probably the, the, some of the most fatigued or tired I have been in uh, in my professional life which is saying a lot but uh, I've been working hard on it for sure and so it'll be coming to you guys and I'll get Heather back on here probably next weekend um, and we'll share some stories uh, since she's been off the podcast since I've had so many guests and we'll uh, we'll have some laughs for you guys for sure. But I digress. We're talking about training on the wrong side of 30 or training as you obviously move, you know, into your 40s and, and beyond. Before that, I want to just read something that Tyler English had shared, I don't know, maybe a month ago. It could be even longer. I screenshotted and saved it on my phone as uh, Tyler is probably just older than myself by a couple years so I'm guessing like early 40s and uh, he's been in the game a long time he in terms of training he, he really does get it uh, he does good work he cares about people he cares about his clients and uh, 
he's done it all. You know, he's been on, on stage with uh, shredded glutes. He's been in the trenches, actually, you know, kind of coaching people. And uh, it's something I respect for sure. And uh, he put this out and I wanted to share it with you guys. And then it goes, and I quote, truth about my motivation. I used to only care about how I looked. I used to only care about how much I could lift. When you spend the better part of your life committed to bodybuilding, aesthetics, of course, matters. And then spend the next five years committed to powerlifting numbers that matter. Now things are a lot simpler. I care about my strength, but the numbers aren't the name of the game. Being able to carry my son down a mountain because his legs stop working means more to me. And yes, I do still care about how I look. And if you think you don't, you're lying to yourself. Bodybuilding will always be close to my heart. Hell, on top of being a natural pro, I've written many books helping people take the same journey. You might not think bodybuilding as its purest form matters to you, but I can assure you, you still care about how you look. Go stand in front of the mirror wearing wearing only what God gave you. Do you like what you see? Can you make some needed changes? Are you doing what you need to do in order to feel better than what you see? Do you feel confident? I exercise because it what it's what keeps me at my best. That goes far beyond weight lifted or what I see in the mirror. It's about how I feel. It's about how I function. And yes, taking care of myself and looking good adds to the way I feel, as it should for you. Confidence is a tool in the world. And understand that the world wants you to be fat, lazy, afraid because it makes you easier to control. Build your body to be its absolute best. I've got a young man keeping me on my toes. He's not slowing down anytime soon. Neither should I. If you have children, obviously you know this feeling. We aren't here for their entire lifetime, so we better damn well be the best while we are. End quote. Now, I thought that was good and interesting to share uh, just because it uh, it rings true. Whether you have kids or not, uh, obviously, as you age, uh, things change, goals change, priorities change. And that's one thing I try to echo to all of our clients and members here and over the world who buy our stuff. You know, what you thought was important at 26 is not going to be the same at 36, nor do I think it should be. And what you think is important at 36 is probably not going to be the same at 56. Now, there's going to be common threads there in your methodology. It's going to, you know, kind of your base probably won't waver much. But the accessory things obviously are going to change and shift as time goes on. And I can speak for myself. What I thought was making it, what I thought was super cool and super important, and what I aspired to do or be and envied at 26 is drastically different as I get closer to 40. And I assume you're all the same. But the one thing that holds true is we all want to look and move and feel our best. And I'm not talking just the vanity driven shit, because when I say the term like bodybuilding, I think people get confused and always just picture people on stage in tights, super oiled up, you know, shredded to the bone. And while that for surely is bodybuilding, so is just the art of you transforming your habits, rituals, and routines to reshape your body composition, meaning you get a little bit leaner, you add a little bit more muscle, you become a little bit stronger, you're a little more functional, you have more endurance. That, my friends, is also bodybuilding in the context of which I'm explaining it today. And it kind of goes perfectly with the message from today. You know, training on the wrong side of 30 or, or training as you get into your 40s and beyond. And the great BJ Gador, 
sent a, a message out, I mean, probably a couple months ago at this point. I've been so busy, I'm getting the timelines confused. But he sent out a note that said, there comes a time in life when the things you used to do no longer serve you. I'm going to repeat that because he put it in bold uh, capital letters, and I do believe that holds 100% true as I'm getting slightly older by the day, just like the rest of you guys. The phrase is, there comes a time in life when the things you used to do no longer serve you. Now, I can take this far outside of fitness, obviously, with, uh, you know, eating habits, drinking habits, uh, spending habits, uh, the career choices, the things you watch on TV, the, the people you hang out with, the things you listen to. But in terms of this, let's just keep it in the realm of like inside the gym or in terms of what you do, uh, maybe uh, extreme endurance running or uh, competing in a, a certain sport. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. And I live this every day and I need to remind myself often of it. And that doesn't make you a bad or a weak person. It just means that you have to take a different approach or at least evolve into this version of yourself. That's part of the, uh, as BJ calls it, the, the maturation process. And your eating is no different. Your training is no different. Your sleep habits are no different. The way that you meditate and deal with stress, all those things have to evolve. Because John Berardi was on here maybe a month and a half ago, and, and I'll touch on this at the end of the episode, about, you know, as hormone levels drop, should we replace them to get back to where they once were so we can be kind of like superhumans when we're old as shit? Or should we just let them kind of naturally decline so we become like the old wise man in the village? You know, he makes a good point, uh, theoretically, uh, in one sense, and then one sense, obviously, it sounds great to be, you know, Captain America when you're 58 years old. But either way, you have to understand, you're going to lose some things physically. It's just, it's part of the game. What you lose in that raw kind of, you know, physical ability, you're going to gain in wisdom. And that's where the two kind of have to meet at a crossroads. And you have to use the skills that you've built over a long period of time. You've harnessed them. You own them. Now you can play with them and you can chop them and serve them to yourself and in your training in a way that makes logical sense. But you don't always have to redline it and be a dipshit like you were at 25. And BJ writes this. To be fit over 30, you need to be, one, choose smarter, safer, more joint-friendly exercises. I can't emphasize that enough, and I'll give some specifics as we go through, but you do have to do that in your training. Because after the age of 25, odds are you've had some some shit happen to you. You've had some baggage in life, whether it be uh, sprained ankle, broken fingers, ACL, MCL, LCL, you know, a meniscus, Achilles, shoulder, C-spine, T-spine, you name it, just things happen. Maybe a really gnarly pulled hamstring. And I'm not saying you have to give up all patterns, but what is the goal? That's what we have to talk about. Is the goal just to put up numbers on a scoreboard? I bench 400. I deadlift 600. I squat 350. If that's the goal and it only matters on that medium, so like that vector, I need a barbell bench 400. Well, then you're going to have to just do that. But if the goal is to just look your best, 
move your best, feel your best, and still be functionally strong and perform, they're smarter, safer, more joint-friendly exercises you can do. Now, I'm not bagging on a barbell. I like barbell bench press. I like barbell deadlifts. Do I like them for everybody? Hell no. Do I like them all the time in my training? No. Do I need to load a barbell up anymore at my age and do 350 pounds and try to push it and go 375? Fuck no. But if I can load that barbell up for me at 225, at 205, at 185, and do a much higher volume, much more controlled reps, is that not a safer option for me? And if I want to even move away from there, can I not grab dumbbells? Now we can do obviously bilateral, unilateral training, and I can do it in a safer multi, you know, fasted kind of range of motion that I can't do on a barbell as I can't rotate the hands, you know, from neutral to supinated to pronated. I'm, I'm kind of fixed on the bar. I can't go past parallel because the bar is fixed. When it hits my chest, it's done. So what I'm saying to you is there's more than one way to skin a cat and you have to really own that as you get older because a lot of the things you used to do do not serve you anymore in the way that they once did, nor are they necessary or required. The second thing, you got to focus less on just strength and more on mobility, stability, and stamina. Now, admittedly, this was probably hard for me three, four years ago. I like to be strong, right? But strength is a relative term. I've always trained with guys that are, you know, relatively as strong as me, sometimes way stronger in certain things. It's humbling for sure. But also it's a nice reality check to know if you're just chasing deadlift numbers, there's always going to be a dude who's going to bury you in the ground because he's just just stronger than you at that and he's better than you at that. Like I've trained with Mike Farr before. If you silent Mike on Instagram, you can look at his stuff. Mike is doing still to this day insane numbers. It's really impressive to watch. It's just not me. I had to really have a reality check and be like, you know, that's not genetically who you are. And that's not going to serve me, so I don't need to do that. So I'm going to focus less on just the numbers. And it's tough when you're, hey, I'm going to get it. And we all go through that phase. I'm going to deadlift 400 pounds, 500 pounds, 600 pounds. And you do these things. And for me, it always felt like the next day I got hit by a train. Like my central nervous system was kind of just fucked. And my body obviously felt super tight. But it was something that was important to me, you know, probably like under the age of 30 or just around 30 that I wanted to do. And so I did it. And as you get older, you realize, well, I can still do those things, but is that really what's going to get me to where I want to go if, if the game is longevity, to look and move and feel my best? And the answer for me was like, no, well, I don't feel my best doing that. And you have to kind of detach your mind from why well, I used to lift this much, now I only lift this much. Yeah, but I'm going to be fucking 39 years old, and this is the best I've looked. Like, I'm the biggest and the leanest and the most functional and have the most endurance I've ever had at the, all at the same time at almost 39 years of age. Not a lot of people can say that because I flush my ego down the toilet and I'm willing to do things differently where I still want to be strong. I'm still focusing on strength work, but there's one rep max strength is that's not the only measure of strength. So if you can deadlift 600 pounds one time, that is a measure of strength. But can you deadlift 225 15 times in a row perfectly? Oftentimes, the, the same individual can't do both. 
So is that to say like, well, the guy who can't do 225, 15 times, he's not strong. And the guy who can't do 600, well, he's not strong, but he can do this. And you might not be able to back squat, you know, 400 pounds, but can you do walking lunges for an hour straight without stopping? You're telling me that's not strength. So detaching our mind from what it has to be to what it can be is a hard thing to do when when you're younger. And as you get older, as a man, because I can speak on that, women are smarter than us, we got to let our egos go. It's not about impressing other dudes in the gym because nobody gives a fuck what you're doing. No one cares. You have to do what's best for you and you have to bowl within your own lane and what your skill set is. And you got to know. So as I've gotten older, it's less about just putting up numbers. In fact, now I don't even track the stuff. I don't give a shit because I've figured out how to make light loads go a long way. Load is not the, the load. When I say load, the weight you use on your reps and sets is not the only variable. Speed, tempo, time under tension, eccentric focus, concentric focus, rest pauses, shortened rest times, all play to your advantage. And those can be done with light to moderate loads. Now, you can go still pick up heavy stuff for sure, but be smart and be safe. And with that comes the mobility piece. And I'll, and I'll get into it in a second. You got to do mobility every single day. You just have to. If you're listening to me and you're 26 and you don't do it, please start. Uh, don't, be a, don't be a dipshit. I understand when you're 26, you can stay up all night drinking in Vegas and eat complete garbage and do, you know, lines of cocaine and uh, have unprotected sex and still survive. You can, you can do that. Like, I understand when you're young, you're like, you feel like you're Bruce Willis from Unbreakable. And if the train crashes, you'll be okay. And to your, to the young kids out there, yeah, I guess you are kind of fucking invincible until you're not, until you get, as they say in the mafia, until you get touched, you know, until something does happen, until your body stops being so resilient. It stops bouncing back. A hangover no longer goes away in six hours. It now takes six days. You know, when you get shitty sleep, you don't wake up and, you know, shotgun a beer and rally. You're a bag of shit for two days. You get what I'm saying here? When you're young, I understand you feel like it's not necessary. So unless you're Randy Moss and, you know, you were born ready. I mean, you came out the womb ready. That's why your mom had you. Like, then maybe you don't have to stretch. But guess what? If you don't know if you're Randy Moss, uh, you're not Randy Moss. So what I'm saying to you is if you're a young guy, girl listening, do mobility. We have a free mobility guide. Tons of stuff out there. If you need it, message me. But even five minutes a day goes a long way. And uh, I can't say that enough. If you're older, 30s, 40s, 50s, you need to do it now. It is really important. I'm not going to get super serious, but I've said this before. David Jack has come on here and shared this. Once you start to lose range of motion, once you start to lose strength and integrity, you know, with your body, your joints, when you start to get this referred pain and things start to go bad, that, that regression is fast. The person that goes from walking to a cane to a walker to a wheelchair to bedridden, that is a quick, quick jump. And obviously, if you're 30, it's not going to happen today. But when you're 60, it might happen in a two-year time span. And who wants to have that? And I share this stat repeatedly. About three-fourths of people in nursing homes are there because they, they can't use the toilet unassisted. And what does that mean? They can't do three-fourths of a bodyweight squat. So either they don't have the mobility to get back up or do they have the strength. Meaning their grip strength is dog shit. 
their hips are, are crap. I'm sure the rest of their joints too, uh, knees, ankles, shoulders, you name it. But that's why they're there because they don't have mobility and they don't have strength. And I've yet to meet anybody in my entire life who came to me and said, you know what, Jeremy, I wish I would have spent less time doing mobility. I wish I would have spent less time actually going through active flows, stretching, tissue quality, getting massage, moving my body dynamically. I, I wish I just would have deadlifted way heavier fucking weight. Nobody says that to me. And there has to be a reason for that. You know, if you, if you want to look at your life and learn stuff, go hang out with people who are super old because they've done all the dumb shit you're going to do. And there's a lot of life lessons there. When you start to do that in the gym context, you can learn a lot from people who have been doing it for a long period of time. So you have to focus a little bit less on strength work. It's still important. You still have to be strong. But again, like I said, divorce your mind from the idea of strength just being this one rep max because that's not strength. I mean, it is, but it's not the only version of strength. It's strong for that one thing, but you can do it in 18 different ways. And that's where the stability part comes in and the stamina part comes in when you guys are doing things that are more functional, like pushing a sled, like step-ups, like uh, just hanging from a pull-up bar, you know, walking lunges, bear crawls, crab walks, Turkish get-ups. All those things are functional. All those things you can add load to and you can make them tougher for you and they're all functional strength in my opinion. Next one, you have to take recovery training as serious as your main workouts. And this is a tough one for a lot of people. And I'll share this quick. And you, most of you who have listened for a long time know this already. When we first started this business, the in-person gym here that we still run to this day, every fourth week, we would do a kind of foam rolling Friday. And these guys who still come in here now, uh, joke and uh, mess with me like, hey, foam rolling Friday, right? Or Mobility Monday, because we beat the shit out of them. Now we build it into the workouts. But back then, we did a specific day where we would just foam roll, have a full diagnostic kind of checklist, uh, go through all the body parts, and then do like a a mobility flow. Band stretching, uh, glute, hips, groin, you name it. We'll do everything. And our group at like 6 a.m. would go from 20 people to like four people. As people proceeded to tell me that they didn't have to do mobility. They didn't need that. They just needed to, to move around more and get sweaty. Now, thought I was the expert. Apparently now they, they know more than I do. And uh, I see them move. They're all full of shit. But their mind had made the choice that it was more important for them to try to work off the shitty food and drinks they put in their body than actually do more mobility and let the body recover. And that's a big mistake people make at, at every age. Recovery training, it matters. And I'm not going to go super deep down the rabbit hole here, but sometimes your body's just telling you something. Whether you have planned in the the recovery and rest days, or you just wake up one day and it's like, man, I feel like I just came from Fight Club. If that's the case, you have to have a recovery day that makes sense. Whether that's you going through a certain mobility flow, whether it's uh, through a certain tissue protocol, Whether it's just going for a certain kind of walk or or dynamic movement, if it's skipping, lateral shuffles, karaoke, whatever the thing is. And again, we'll share a bunch of these and I'll talk about something BJ is doing that we'll we'll probably be part of here uh, sooner than later. Those things matter. And every day doesn't got to be a, you know, Sunday advanced Metcon where you feel like you're going to shit puke by the end of it. In fact, that's one of the most ridiculous things you can do. Yeah, you have to train hard. Yeah, you have to push yourself. 
but you can't die every single day. You got to live to train another day. And that's where the recovery matters. That's where either planning it out and mapping it out in your program or willing to be flexible in your program and listen to your body really becomes key. Sometimes it's, it's, you know, you're just being, you know, soft and looking for a way out of your workouts. But most of you who are listening here are already fitness people. You probably have a certain level of body awareness and you're pretty in tune with what's going on. So if you wake up and you're like, man, I just feel like a complete train wreck. The last thing you probably should do is, you know, go load up a, a barbell as heavy as humanly possible and try to squat through it. There's a lot of other things you could do that day that would be more productive. Next on the list, he writes, make lightweight feel heavy or light loads go a long way, which I touched on. And I think that's what the best of us really do. I, I really do believe that. Now, lightweight is a relative term. What is light for me on dumbbell bench press may be super heavy for you. What is light for me on split squats might be something that puts you you know, in the leg hospital for three days because your ass will be so sore you can't walk. You got to know where you know your ability lies and you have to obviously have built the base. But regardless of where you are on the strength scale, making light loads feel heavy is a, a skill that great coaches and great athletes and great professionals have learned to utilize to the best of their ability. It allows for longevity uh, in this game because we're not getting any younger. None of us are. And uh, I always want to be able to be strong, but I can do that and get – here's an example I'll give you. I can come in here and grab – and this is not a, a flex moment. This is just the reality. This is what I do for a living. I can come in here and grab 100-pound dumbbells, one in each hand. So that's 200 pounds total, uh, which is heavy just to pick up for the record, and do split squats. And I can do 10 reps on my left leg and then move on and do 10 reps on my right leg. Now, I'm breathing like I ran a marathon. I'm sweating. Uh, my legs are burning. And I'm swearing and saying a bunch of inappropriate things because it's fucking miserable. And I can do that. I can also come in here and grab two 60-pound dumbbells and do the same 10 reps but just slow it down with much better control much better focus on the eccentric and the time under tension is probably twice as long because I'm not looking to just escape the 100 pound dumbbells. I'm actually owning the movement and I'm living in that kind of, you know, burning, painful, suck range of motion. And that's an example of making, you know, something that's lighter feel way heavier. I could do the same thing with 40s if I slow it down. So I can make those 40s feel like 100s, either with a slight increase in volume or an increase in time under tension. That, my friends, is what we're talking about, making light loads go a long way. Same thing with the bench press. If I can take 200-pound dumbbells, one in each hand, and do 10 reps of flat bench press, which I can do. I'm a bro. I've been benching since I was like 12 years old. I can also take two 50-pound dumbbells, set the clock, and see how many quality reps I can get in full range of motion in 60 seconds. Take a 60 second rest and then repeat that for four straight sets. That's a great example of making light loads feel super heavy because I've increased the volume and some time under tension there. So 
again, there's more than one way to skin a cat. You guys just have to be smart about it. If you're picking something up and it makes you feel nervous, and what I mean by that is unless you've lifted heavy, you might not know what I'm talking about. Like where Ben Novak and I, and I've trained with Ben for a long time. Ben's been on the podcast. Ben is a savage. He owns the assault bike record in our facility at 75 calories in one minute. And I don't know if anyone's going to go break that. I sure as hell can't. I've tried. I'm in the upper 60s, and I might as well be 600 calories away because I just don't have whatever he's got in his big-ass body. I don't fucking have that, and I can't do that. So my hat's off to him. However, that's a side story. Him and I have trained together for a long time. And uh, he's six foot nine, you know, probably 280 pounds. He's a big dude. I'm six two, like two ten-ish. So he's a much bigger human uh, than even I am. When we would go into like barbell back squat, when it starts to get for me over 300 pounds, 315, 325, 350, 375, 400 pounds, uh, it makes me a little nervous. I, f- I would feel nervous about it. I would have a certain anxiety, and we would all kind of have it. Me, my, uh, Ben, and then our friend Dave Drees. Don't get Dave on the podcast too. We all worked together for many years and trained together for a long period of time. When we were coming up in fitness, so we'd all push each other, and it's great to have awesome training partners. But we would all have this anxiety stepping under the barbell, and we would joke with each other. We're three dudes, so it's kind of that, you know. Uh, peer pressure uh, and, and stupidity and, and testosterone all kind of mixed up into one, you know, perfect, you know, shitstorm. But we'd say, hey, man, the weight's not getting any lighter. You might as well go ahead and lift it. But I would feel like if I didn't concentrate on every single rep, something bad could happen, whether it was, you know, if my knee was to buckle or maybe uh, just the force on my spine, because I have the joints of a seventh grade girl. It's not what I was probably meant to do. And we're all guys with longer levers, you know, so I don't think we're going to be great back squatters, especially being over six feet tall and him damn near seven feet. I share that story because if you're doing things that make you nervous and you feel like, well, this is maybe stupid, it probably is. I'm not telling you what to do in your training, but if there's a better way to do it, a more efficient, safer way for your joints And you can elicit the same, I guess, trauma or the same damage to the tissue. So meaning you can get your quad just shredded. You can shred your hamstrings and your ass, but you're not going to kill your knees, ankles, and hips. That's the route I would go. Same thing with the upper body extremities. Again, I I think about longevity in the game. Knock on wood, I don't want to have like these major surgeries because of stupid things I could have prevented when... I don't think there's any lift I'm going to do in here that I would say is worth it. And you can't, you know, play the scared game. But if I can come in here and, you know, put, you know, 315 on a trap bar and and rep it out, why do I have to load that barbell up with 550 pounds anymore? I don't see why it'd be necessary. And I take my clothes off for a living and, and my name basically is Jeremy Scott Fitness at this point. So if I don't feel the need to do it, why should you guys? And I'm not telling you what to do, but I want you to find success and longevity in this game and just be healthy and happy. And what I'm saying to you is there's multiple ways you can do it. There's not one exercise you have to do. In every program we do, we can always give you a regression or a progression. We can always give you an alternate if you need it. And the last thing BJ mentions is just become a breathing master. And it's weird because, again, we've chatted about this previously It's the most important thing you can do in life. I mean, it's more important than drinking water. 
it's more important than eating food or having sex or doing anything. If you can't breathe, you're going to die. And we spend so much time on everything else. Macros, foam rolling, split squatting. Uh, you know, make sure your elbows are tucked, pushing through your heel, back straight, chest out, stiff flying, head to heel, retract your shoulder blades, souping at your hands. We, we get lost in all these details, yet we don't talk about breathing, which is the most basic functional thing you need to do every single day. And then when you get your breathing right, when you train, it can change everything. Whether we're talking about just nasal breathing, whether we're understanding to breathe with our reps. And then obviously there's, if you want to go into relaxation, meditation, obviously pre and post, you know, sleep, we can go down the rabbit hole, but the breathing does matter. And there's protocols and there's programs in place to help you guys obviously get there. But that is also super important. And I'm going to get with BJ probably this weekend and I'm going to talk about, he's got an origins program that I think we will share with you guys if you're interested. And again, it kind of just it breaks people down and helps them build up a base. And I think it's important for a lot of people, especially as you get older. But I will share that at a later date with you guys. But I wanted to share that promo because he's been working on a lot of that stuff. And, you know, as you guys know, I respect his opinion as much as anybody's in the fitness industry. And that obviously is saying a lot. And, uh, you know, he's a smart dude. And he wants to be doing this, you know, probably until he's dead. Because selfishly, we like helping you guys. But maybe even, you know, more importantly than that, we all want to look like Rambo till we drop dead. So here we are. Which brings me to uh, a great little snippet that uh, Dave Schmitz put out. Dave Schmitz is the band man uh, on Instagram. I Everything I've learned about bands or 99% of things I've learned about bands, I have learned from Schmitty. That's just a... It's the hard truth. He's put out so much good stuff on YouTube and his Instagram for so long. It's uh, it's insane. Uh, we used to do even youth camps here. And uh, he had like a youth camp band program that I remember we bought. And uh, basically just did exactly what he said to do. Because I figured like, well, if people say it sucks and I'm wrong and irresponsible, I'll just blame it on the band man. Because like he's the one who told me to do it. And he seems super smart. And that's what we obviously did before I knew anything. And then obviously we mixed and and chopped in our own uh, trainings and protocols, but he definitely knows his shit, and if it comes to bands, he's the dude. And on top of that, dude's in great shape. He's been doing it for a long time. So he put out a message just talking about how guys who are older, probably 60-plus, they've gotten to the point mentally where they're focusing on sustainability, where the dudes who are younger... 40s, uh, even up, and obviously younger than that, only focused on being gym strong and just beating the shit out of their bodies. Now, I'm a grinder. I'll admit it. I like to come in here and train and, and push myself, and, and sometimes put on a, you know, Jay Cutler on the on the TV and uh, pretend we're in our old school days of just straight bodybuilding. And I and I love bodybuilding, and I love the style of it. And a lot of my programs. Uh, are straight bodybuilding. A lot of my programs have a lot of bodybuilding influence inside them, like a Metcon mixed with bodybuilding, had a baby, that's what the program would be. But in a safer, obviously, format. And when you're younger, you do just focus on being gym strong. And you beat the shit out of yourself. And you feel like if you don't do that, you're not training hard enough. And you're not doing what's necessary to make changes. And it's just not the truth. And when I say gym strong, I mean the strength that dies in the gym. There's a lot of people I meet, 
uh, whether it's they come in here off the street or from the internet and you know they want to hang out here do a workout or you name it or I'm just traveling somewhere and we run into somebody and in conversation they they know us or it gets you know around you know this is what we do and we have these conversations and I meet people and a lot of dudes are just gym strong meaning they they can put up decent numbers in the gym but they couldn't run a mile in under 10 minutes like they would die they couldn't hike camelback which is a mountain here they couldn't insert any like popular mountain where you guys are from that takes you know an hour or two to hike they couldn't do that they don't have the stamina they don't have the endurance that's what i mean by just being gym strong where all the training you do dies in the gym you can't actually take it with you out into the real world and to me that's one of the saddest things to see and if you don't care about that then that's fine i'm not judging anybody i'm not hating on just the bro pumping gym rats i'm a gym rat dude and i love a good pump and, and i like to do a lot of the bro shit too uh, i lift every week i do some form of bodybuilding protocols every single week and never fails i just like it especially in the days where i don't want to do like the really hard stuff i just like straight set bodybuilding i think it's great it's a great way to build muscle i have the time to do it i enjoy it and i'm smart enough to mix in all the other things around it so if you dig that i'm not telling you guys like you know, don't do it, but understand moving well and feeling good and staying athletic with good usable strength should be your goal. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Like this strength is functional. You can do multiple things with it. To do this, your fitness program, like any of us are going to talk about, must be sustainable. And that goes the same way like for your diet, right? And obviously the way that you eat. If you really want to be healthy and make long-lasting changes that you can take with you forever, it has to be a sustainable lifestyle. If it's not sustainable, it's not attainable, meaning whatever you did to get there, the crazy dieting protocol or the crazy training protocol or whatever you did for 52 days and you killed yourself and you gave up everything and you lived like a serial killer like me and then you got there, well, the minute you go back to your normal life, those results and those achievements are going to slowly go away. And nobody wants that. And so when we talk about it, we're going to talk about four goals here that you want to be working on every week to create fitness sustainability. Now I'm going to put uh, a lot of this stuff out in an email probably later next week so you guys will see it. And again, a big part of it's from BJ Gador and the other part is from Dave Schmitz here. And Dave actually goes over the four goals. Now, I think Dave is probably, he's in his 50s for sure. I don't know, maybe he's, I don't know how old he is, but the dude is still super fit and he's still super shredded and he really just gets it. And uh, um, there's days where he loads up heavier, you know, uh, dumbbell stuff. And I'm sure he even uses a barbell from time to time, but a lot of his stuff is band work. And I think anybody could see him, you know, in his fifties and be like, yeah, that's what I would want to look like. Like that would be kind of the ideal, you know, ripped, strong, functional, can do all the patterns and, and I'm assuming is living you know, pain-free. So what would be the goal? If we give you guys four goals moving forward, well, Jeremy, I hear everything you're saying. You're giving examples. It sounds good. But what, you know, pieces can I put in play to actually look, move, and feel my best as I get older, still get great results, but not feel like I'm kicking the shit out of myself every day? Because I want you guys to have fitness add to your life, not take away from it. That's where you hear me talk all the time, like, hey, is the juice worth the squeeze? If you're trying to be at five, six, seven percent body fat, 
I think for a lot of you, that's going to take away from your life as opposed to add to your life. If you're somebody who wants to live, and if you're a man, you want to live around 10% body fat, 11, 12, 13, and right now you're at 25, I think that can actually add to your life instead of take away from it. Because at some point there's diminishing returns for our efforts in terms of just life happiness. I think about this with your career. If you're making, you know, $250,000 a year and you're going to kill yourself to make three fifty. dollars is that extra 100000 by the time you actually pay taxes and everything gets fucking taken out of it? Is it actually worth it? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But for a lot of people, I think there's a diminishing return there in terms of happiness, stress level, free time, you name it. Training's the same. Eating's the same. Finances is the same. Everything in life is the same. Everything has a cost. And that's what I mean with the training. If what you're doing in the gym is making you so tired, so sore, so beat up, so hurt, so injured... You can't enjoy the rest of your life or it's taking away from the fun things you can do. That, my friends, is your fitness stealing your fitness. And that's what we want to avoid. And the older you get, the more that tends to happen if you're not willing to evolve and change in your training and your thinking. So the first goal, train to move well and feel great doing it. That means mobility. That means flexibility and recovery training has to remain consistent in your workouts. All the important things, mobility of your hips, your ankles, your shoulders, your mid-back, that needs to be part of every weekly workout routine, specifically rotational, frontal plane mobility, because that's what Father Time tries to take away from you guys first. That rotational and frontal plane mobility. For the sheer, I mean, time is time is amazing. You get older, you get wiser, you learn a lot. It's a gift you can do it, but it also sucks because it's trying to you know rob you uh, of these things. And again, that's why I harp on mobility so much. And when you're stuck at a desk all day, especially for you guys who sit, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours a day, your butt becomes your feet, and so sitting to your spine is like pizza is to your abs or like an abundance of ice cream and pizza and cookies and beer is to your abs it's just it's the thing that's going to fuck you up the most because we just get in this tight rounded position all the time and we never get out of it we don't move dynamically we don't move through like rotational planes of motion or as uh, my guy from pure motion george says orbital uh, planes of motion all the same stuff you got to move your body dynamically through space you just have to be willing to do that consistently all the time. Most of you guys are not playing sports anymore. Maybe you're doing some little pickleball here or there. Maybe you're, you know, playing basketball once in a while. So you're getting some dynamic movement in there. But odds are you're probably not doing it nearly enough. And that has to be part of the training. That's why we build in mobility to every program we ever create online and in person. That's why we force it in here now in our workouts. Uh, obviously, just really basic stuff. World's greatest stretch. Uh, Spider-Man steps, inchworms, T-spine openers, uh, dead hangs, rotational tosses, slams, swings, you name it, skater hops, lateral lunges, uh, transverse lunges. Anything we can do here, we just keep building it in because I want people to feel their best and move their best. And I don't want them to lose what they already have, which brings me to goal number two. You have to keep building and maintaining usable strength and power. Active, aging movement before muscle is the rule here. So you have to activate the muscle 
excuse me, you have to activate the movement before the muscle is the rule here. Strength training in multiple planes. On your feet, using offload sets, unilateral training will help you stay what we call 3D strong and also stable. Again, the number one plane needed for strength and power will be rotation. Learn how to strengthen rotation and avoid being just a straight plane guy. Word for word right there. Usable strength. Usable power. Not just training. And again, I love bodybuilding. I'm always going to say it's great. But no matter what you're doing with dead weight, dumbbells, barbells, it's on a vertical vector. Yeah, well, hey, I'm doing lateral raises. I get that, but it's still vertical. Gravity is still just pulling it down towards you. And a lot of times there's certain programs out there. I'm not bagging on CrossFit. It's It tends to just be one pattern over, over, and over. There's not a lot of dynamic movement in a lot of these programs. And yeah, there, there's going to be, you know, obviously I'm generalizing here. Don't CrossFit people me and, and go crazy. Same thing with the bodybuilding people. You have to integrate movement that has you moving through space in ways you typically don't in your daily life. Whether that is doing uh, basic things like skater hops, like lateral shuffles, like doing a, a basic karaoke, like doing sled pushes, sled pulls, sled drags, lateral sled drags, having you guys do basic VMO taps, low box work, lateral side steps, mini box, like mini box hops, almost like uh, bunny hops, if you will, uh, full around the worlds, any normal speed ladder foot drills, things that you wouldn't even think about doing, wall balls, overhead wall ball tosses, just getting the body to move in ways it typically doesn't. And there's something to be said about integrating that into your routine. It's fun. It breaks up the monotony of it for sure. And it helps you guys be strong through various planes of motion. And when we talk about training um, on your feet with offset loads, loading the front foot, loading the back foot, like doing from a, a half kneeling split stance, going from a kneeling stance. And again, we can load up the body unilaterally. We can load up the body bilaterally from a single leg setting, from obviously a bilateral setting. We can do multiple things here. And a lot of the programs that we put out, even the Sunday Advanced Metcons, we do variations of this. And obviously, I share a ton of stuff throughout the week. Obviously, the app will have it on there. Our 40 Days of Fitness will also. But it's just doing multiple things, little variations that, that most people wouldn't even think about. That matters. That's why we do so much unilateral training here and try to not always load the exact same way. Hopefully, that helps kind of paint a picture for you guys. The third thing you have to do Keep your cardiovascular system at max effort and capacity. Interval cardio done using different set time frames is important to keep your system at a high level. Obviously related to how old you are. If you're 25, it's going to be different than when you're 65. Slow sustained cardio is fine, you know, for your recovery days or maybe once a week. But to increase and maintain your cardio capacity, you have to strategically challenge the lung capacity and understand max heart rate and how much effort you can put in each week. A lot of the protocols we use here do this. Sometimes it's endurance-based. Uh, sometimes we do quick hitters. It really just depends. And when I talk about interval training, 20 seconds of work, 60 seconds of rest, like a one to three ratio. 
or if it's really depending on how fit you are if we're talking again I could give a million examples of this. Here's one of the hardest ones I personally do. Now, you have to be fit to do this. If you're not fit, this isn't that hard for you because you don't even have a motor to, to go fast enough. And that's not knocking anybody. It's just the truth. So you'd have an increased in work time. The rest time could be the same, but the, your work time will increase because you, you don't have enough horsepower yet to get up. So if we came in here, me and the savages, let's say, and or let's just, I'll use Ben because I've been talking about Ben today. It's a, let's say the assault bike. Ben's going to come in here. I'm going to come in here. The clock's going to be 10 seconds on, 60 seconds off. So we're only going to work for 10 seconds. And we're going to rest for a minute. But we're going to get on the assault bike, and we're going to go max fucking watts, max calories for 10 seconds. And I would have to guess I'd probably be at 13 calories in 10 seconds, and he'd be at 19. And our body is going, what the hell is going on? Now, this is, this is all the extreme examples, but now we have a full minute. It's like a one to six work to rest ratio. Then the next minute clicks, we do it again and we repeat. Maybe for six cycles, maybe for 10 cycles. And what do we really do? We did max effort work for about a minute of actual work time, but in an interval setting that allowed us to go max heart rate and challenge ourselves. Now, we can't do that every week. And that doesn't have to be the only protocol. It could be 20 seconds on, 60 seconds off of uh, burpees, and then uh, mountain climbers, and then skater hops, and then maybe dumbbell squat to press. It, it could be, it doesn't matter the protocol. We can mix in a million things. I'm just I'm spitting off the top here. But that's what we're talking about. These interval sets that are really important to you to keep this aerobic capacity you have. And then we can do, you can do lower intensity stuff. Like the sled we have here that, that goes outside, uh, the torque tank sled, I can do that for a half an hour. Just pop in there for 30 minutes. Just uh, I push it 150 yards and then I pull it 150 yards. Sometimes I go around the building, around the neighborhood, and it's just slow, kind of sustained cardio. Now there is other things going on there. I'll, I'll mess with the foot placement. I'll, I'll cross the legs. I'll do uh, some lateral steps. But point being is it's not high intensity intervals. It's just slow and steady. I could pop on the row, do the same thing. I prefer intervals personally, and I prefer to mix up the modalities because I hate just doing slow, boring cardio. It just seems like, you know, 10 boring cardio minutes takes like 10 hours in the real world. And I just, I hate it. But it has its place, obviously. Or I'll do step-ups for 20 straight minutes. I'll do lunges for 20 straight minutes. I do a lot of those types of things just because it's, it's brainless for me. I can listen to a podcast or just let my mind be free. And again, it's slow, sustained cardio. And I'm just throwing it into my routine to get my body moving through space. Could be part of my recovery day as well. But the intervals do matter. All the protocols work. 30 on, 15 off. I do like the reverse protocols for the really intense stuff just because if you're if you're really going intense, you need way more rest time than work time. And a lot of people don't want to hear that. But if you're really going intense, I mean, you're really giving an honest, like, I don't want to say 100% effort, but 80%, 90% effort, you need way more rest time than work time. These people who say, hey, I did a, a high-intensity interval class for an hour, I'm like, well, what was the protocol? Well, we did 20 seconds was the work. 10 seconds we rested for all these cycles. Then we took a minute and we did it for an hour. It's impossible, dude. You just don't have the capacity like to give a max effort with that short of recovery time. You're just gassed and beat to shit. I mean, watch the UFC. You watch some of the best conditioned athletes in the world 
and they're in a, a five-round fight for three rounds, and by the second round, they're gassed. Now, and granted, that's it's intensity. There's a guy leaning on him trying to punch you in the face, and there's so many factors that go into it. But those guys are gassed after 10 minutes. You're telling me at the YMCA you did an hour-long, high-intensity interval training class, and you crush it the whole time? I'd love to see minute number 42 because I'm sure you're either bullshitting it or the form goes to complete trash. And that's not knocking on anybody. It's just you physically don't have it. you got to understand, is my body in second gear or sixth gear? And be smart about the gears. And if you're going to do something super intense, you have to have the rest time. Like the other day we did uh, some protocols here where it was like I think a minute was the work and then three and a half minutes was the rest. So that's a three and a half to one. That's in our Sunday groups. And those, to me, are like, the I feel the worst probably on those days because I'm putting so much effort into those minutes. And even as the rounds go, if we did it for, let's say we did bike, ski, and row. Uh, so assault bike, uh, concept two rower, concept two ski. A minute on, 3.30 off, and we just cycle them through. By the time I get to the third round, I'm like, fuck, a minute seems like forever. And my intensity is dropped off because we track the numbers here. I can see it drop off. And that's some of the fittest people we have. And that's me who like, you know, likes to think I'm relatively in, in shape. It's hard to do. So if you want to keep your aerobic capacity up and keep it at max efficiency, you got to be smart with interval training. You got to understand how much effort you're putting in. You don't have to go that intense, even a one-to-one, like you're pushing it at a pretty good pace for 30 seconds and resting for 30 seconds. I think that can be highly beneficial for a lot of people. Again, you just got to know what kind of psychopath you are and what kind of motor you have and, and how deep a water are you willing to go into for your aerobic training and what do you have to go into? I do it here because I'm stupid still. <laughs> I still do dumb stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm not, this is not me in a soapbox preaching to you guys like I never make mistakes. I still uh, push myself sometimes stupidly, but more so aerobically than with strength work just because I can come back from that. I just don't want something to, to come like unattached uh, that needs to be attached to my body that has to be surgically put back in place. So I tend to be stupid more with the intensity levels um, and I do that about one day a week. I know that. But I do like to set little intervals here during the week in my training. I do a lot of EMOM stuff. I do a lot of uh, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off type protocols. I do like those. Um, those are fun for me, and I can do those with bodyweight exercises as well. But I do think it's important for all of you guys. Again, I'm not saying don't do long, you know, slow, boring lists, like lower intensity, steady state cardio. That's fine. But just do it on recovery days or do it on a day where you just kind of need to take it easier and throw it in. It's good for your heart. I think it can be a benefit, but there's way more efficient ways for you guys to kind of be at peak performance aerobically. Last but not least, number four, keep dispersing the load to avoid overuse joint and muscle trauma. Jeremy, what does that mean? Dispersing the load starts with changing up exercises and the resistance of the loads you're using. It also means changing up things like the rep speed and the rep volume. If you're strength training consistently, and that is the same week after week after week after week, you have to change up the variables to keep overuse injury and avoid kind of that joint trauma from occurring. And what does that mean? Obviously, like we create programs here. I've been working on some today, honestly, like for our app development stuff. 
And some of them are my favorite kind of lifting, um, bodybuilding style programs where weeks one through four, you might be doing the same patterns on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So just for like four weeks. So on Monday, you might go bench press, deadlift, overhead press, squat, and face pulls. I'm just making it up on the fly. You do that for weeks one through four. But week five, we change up the patterns. So almost like a deload week, but you're still training. So maybe instead of loading three days, you're loading two days, you're changing up all the movements. And then week six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you're back to three lifting days, but they're all different movement patterns. And the reps and the sets and the volume is going to change throughout that program as well. That's what the phrase dispersing the load to avoid overuse obviously of your joints and like muscle trauma, meaning don't always do bench press the exact same way, the exact same time with the exact same load every single week. If I'm giving the worst kind of bro example, it's the guy who goes in on Monday, does no mobility, does no warm ups. He walks over to the bench. It's the first thing he always does. He lays down, he puts 135 on there, which is a 45 pound plate on each side. And he does 10 reps. And then he proceeds to, uh, either pyramid or just straight load up that barbell as heavy as he can go for the next couple working sets, whether it's four sets of 10 or he goes the, you know, 10, eight, six, four, two type of style and then calls it a day and does that over and over and over and over again and never switches to dumbbells, never reverses the pyramid, never starts with an accessory movement first, never does mobility and never really deviates from the basic plan and, Honestly, probably never gets stronger, probably never looks any different. And then over time, maybe has an issue with uh, the shoulder or the elbow or the wrist or something else because you've been doing the same things over repeatedly and never really changing any of the variables. And I've talked about this before, so I'm not going to you know keep banging on it, but there's so many ways you guys can attack like your upper body and your lower body, and your hamstrings, and your chest, and you can have a great chest workout, believe it or not, and never use a barbell bench press. You can have a great chest workout, and never use a dumbbell flat bench press. You get what I'm saying? Again, there's a lot of alternatives and different ways to attack the body in efficient, safe, effective ways. Again, I'm not against those things, but if you're always doing the same thing, hoping for a different result, a, I, I know it's not going to happen for you. And two, overuse injuries are real. I see it here. I mentioned pickleball before. We get people here who get the worst like tennis elbow or golfer's elbow from pickleball. Because they're gripping so hard, so tight for so many hours consistently. And they're doing no mobility, no tissue work. And they're not working on the problem before it's a problem. So... That's what happens in the gym oftentimes. It's just the same pattern over and over and over. And that pattern is probably not perfect. And there's just too much stress over time doing the same thing repeatedly. That's why being functionally strong and mixing up the protocols is key. So the last three things I'll, I'll leave real quick, I guess the last four. As you guys get older, you just have to be smarter. And the goals have to change. The priorities have to change and understand that where you're at in your training life cycle and understand where you're at in your life cycle and happiness cycle. Like what, how much free time do you need? You know, how much recovery time do you need? How stressful is your job? How much do you travel for work? Uh, 
How much time can you dedicate to the gym? How much time do you want to dedicate to the gym? What you were doing at 25 is probably not the same thing you're doing at 35, 45, and 55. So you have to know that. And the the cat those the the I can't even talk. The key factors I'll touch on here really quick: stress, sleep, nutrition, and hormones. Now, obviously, when you're younger, you probably don't have as much stress. You typically aren't married. You don't have a hundred kids. You probably have kind of a bullshit job. You hopefully are not nearly as stressed, you know, from life yet. Hopefully, you don't watch the news. Hopefully, you don't understand how politics and the government and taxes and shit work because that'll probably stress you out uh, all in itself. Point being is when you're younger, you don't have as many cares in the world and you can probably still take four-hour naps and get away with a lot of shit that the guys who are 39, 49, 59 probably can't get away with. So understanding where you're at in your stress cycle of life and if you can eliminate and avoid stress and get rid of it, you're going to be much better off. But just understanding that it kind of comes with the territory at times of what kind of lifestyle people are living in and how much responsibility obviously you have. Also, the sleep factor is huge. This is me just being straight up. As I've gotten older, um, I've made sleep a major priority. I feel the best I've ever felt, like I mentioned already. Got my blood work done. I had a physical last Tuesday. Uh, Probably the best my blood work's ever been. Hormones on point. Uh, recovery on point. The things that are high for me are always high just kind of naturally because of, you know, who I am and how much muscle tissue I have in this, you know, frail frame of, of a body. I always say that because my ankles and um, wrists are dainty, if you will. But the rest of me, I could build up. My point is, is that sleep has been a huge factor for me. When I was younger, I used to wear being tired as like a badge of honor. Like, oh, look, I'm fucking Billy Badass. I can sleep three hours a night and still crush a work day and get all this stuff done. And admittedly, I did that for a long time, but I never felt great doing it. And once you can get restorative quality sleep, and then if you do miss it for a night, we've had friends and family in town and some other shit uh, going on where my sleep is the last probably two weeks been not as good as it's been the last two years. I feel it. It's, uh, my, my brain's not as sharp. Uh, it's harder to, to get up for workouts and to be motivated. And so that is important. And as you get older, I believe you're going to have to require more sleep. If not more sleep, more quality restorative sleep is needed at 40 than at 26. It's just the name of the game. Your body doesn't recover as fast. It doesn't bounce back as quickly from everything. And you have to really make that as vital in your training as anything else. And the same goes with nutrition. Obviously, we've had a lot of super smart physicians and doctors on lately, and uh, gut health is key. The the shit you could eat at, again, 25 is probably not the same at 40. There's a lot of things that I used to do to my body that I can't believe I'm still here, (laughs) alive and, and kicking, but I am, that I can't do today. And understanding the nutritional needs of your training and what stage you're at in life is also very important. And that same thing with drinking alcohol. I used to be able to drink 20 beers and, uh, you know, I could pee my pants and wake up and not know where I was at and, and walk home with one shoe. And then I could drink a Gatorade and, you know, eat a Hardy's breakfast sandwich in and put a dip in and I could be good to go for the next day and drink again. A, I don't think I can drink 20 beers anymore. I don't want to find out if I can. I'm sure I would still pee my pants and probably headbutt a wall, but I would be fucking done for like a week. And so... 
you have to know what you're doing today might steal from you tomorrow. And I never want to do that. And that goes for positive things too. Like even if I'm, I'm willing to stay up super late and work on a project, I know if I do that and I don't get good sleep, the next day I'm going to work way less or at least I'll be way more inefficient and I'll have a much shittier workout and I'll probably want to make poor eating choices because my hormones are kind of out of whack and I didn't get the same recovery I need to. My hormone levels will be kind of funky. So that's critical too. So understanding what are your needs as you go forward. And that, when I talk about the nutrition part of it, understanding that you probably have to eat more gut-friendly foods. You probably got to drink more water. And you probably can't abuse your body the way you did. And you have to stop making choices based off of just vanity and how I look, which is all obviously important. But how am I going to feel? And what if I cut out this? How much better would I feel? I've talked about this recently when Dr. Amy Shaw was on. I haven't eaten dairy products in... I don't know, six weeks, seven weeks, maybe it's almost two months. I don't know. And I just wasn't feeling, I've talked about this before. I just wasn't feeling right or feeling normal and not like it was terrible, but I had some issues going on that I just didn't, I couldn't pinpoint it. And I tried everything else. And finally I'm like, you know, and not that I ate a ton of dairy products, but I'm like, you know what? Once in a while I'd eat cheese. Once in a while I'd have butter uh, on my steaks or potatoes. I would eat, uh, the perfect bars and uh, and the power crunch bars. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe that's my problem. Maybe it's the butters. Maybe it's the bars once in a while. And in uh, the cheese, I'd have maybe like once a week if I got a cheeseburger or something. Cut it out completely. For me personally, game changer. Now, there's statistics. Dairy is not in- inflammatory in nature, especially if you eat real dairy products. In fact, it's, it's shown in studies to be net neutral or even net positive for your gut. If you're eating like, you know, obviously yogurt and kefirs that are, that are heavy in probiotics. I'm not talking like cold soul ice cream, that the dairy is not the problem. It's all the other shit they put in it. So dairy for a lot of people, unless you have um, an issue is not inflammatory by nature. However, that doesn't mean it agrees with your body. And for me personally, getting rid of it has been a complete game changer. Getting rid of dairy, upping my water intake and upping my fiber intake, I have felt the best I've ever felt. And, and this is crazy for me to say this. It's the most carbohydrates I have ever eaten in my life other than like in college when I'm just being a dipshit, you know, eating full bags of Doritos and, and, and cake for dinner. Um, this is the most carbohydrates I've ever eaten in my life consistently on a daily, weekly basis. And you guys see what I look like. This is the leanest, functionally leanest I've probably been. Most of the time when you see me, honestly, in videos, I've already drinking like two gallons of water and it's as full as I'm going to be. So when I wake up in the morning, I look like fucking Skeletor. Um, And wife's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. I'm eating a lot. I just, who knows? All I know is that that's not what I did five, six, seven years ago. It's what I do today. But I had to kind of audit my diet, take out things that weren't serving me. And by adding in other things, I just feel way better. I, I have more energy, more brain power. My workouts are good. I come in here on Sundays. Obviously, I'm the oldest I've ever been. And I'm just fucking ripping it. And I, I'm starting to look at some of the house records here. And I'm like, I wonder if I can actually beat some of those. But I'm not as dumb as I, I was. So maybe I would my brain would turn it off, but I'm still pretty dumb. So who knows? My point is that I'm feeling my best doing something completely different in my nutrition that I did at the beginning of the year. And it took me kind of feeling shitty and take a couple steps back in order to feel my best. And I share that with you because you might have to do the same thing. Hey, 
I'm just not feeling, you know, perfect. Maybe if I, and not a full elimination diet, but maybe if I cut out some of the key suspects and I take them out for two weeks, three weeks, or a month, see if that doesn't do it. And oftentimes it's the hard things we don't want to admit to. Because if it's me, if I'm being honest, like, I like cheeseburgers as much as the next guy. I'm from the Midwest, dude. I could eat fucking cheese curds every day with ranch on them. Shout out to my, my Midwest people. You know what I'm talking about. Ranch is like ranch is like water in the Midwest, at least for me. Uh, but my point is I love cheese, dude. And uh, it was it was a hard decision to make. Like I'm like, I want to eat a cheeseburger. I want to go to In-N-Out Burger and get a you know some double-doubles for what it's worth. Like I like those little unhealthy things. They taste fucking good. Or I want to go eat pizza. Like, who doesn't love legit pizza? We have legit pizza places here. Or I want to put a little bit of cheese on, you know, my tacos that aren't really tacos. It's basically just taco meat in a bowl with some veggies. But a little bit of cheese would be sexy. Or throw it on my eggs. And to have those Power Crunch bars and Perfect Bars is super easy. But I'm like, I've tried everything else. Maybe this is it. And sure shit, that's what was doing it for me. Yours might be wine. It might be whiskey. It might be beer. It might be uh, gluten. Who knows? But you have to be willing to look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, am I willing to give up this thing to feel way better? And I'm not you know, trying to share a life story here on food, but honestly, I told Heather the other day, like, it's not super fun going to restaurants, making these you know, proper choices. However, I feel way better. I mean, literally every single day, I feel like a different human internally and just even mentally how I'm seeing things and thinking about things. I'm as inspired as I've ever been, as motivated as I've ever been because I feel my best. And if that's the price I pay that I can't eat cheeseburgers and and pizza, so be it, dude. I'll I'll take that shit 24-7, 365 to feel good because nothing to me tastes, you know, as good as you can really feel. Like I would give up everything to, to feel amazing. And that's that's just me. So you guys might have to do some investigating and understand, you know, you might just wake up one day and your body doesn't agree with something it agreed with for 25 years. And that's, you know, <laughs> kind of the beauty of uh, aging, I guess. It kind of kicks you, you know, unexpectedly uh, in the nuts, if you will. And the last thing real quick is your hormones. And uh, they're, they're, they're changing, obviously. Uh, some of you guys luckier than others, but when you're 14, you're kind of on natural steroids. You know what I'm saying? Like you, this age range training is real. If you started strength training and playing sports and doing things at 12, 13, 14, 15, when your body is on these natural drugs and you get a boner, you know, every 10 minutes, you got to flip it up in your pants at school because you don't want to walk around the hallway with this, you know, tent pitched. Every dude out there knows what I'm talking about. That That's that era of time. Well, when you're 25, that doesn't happen as frequently. And when you're my age, you're almost 40, that sure as fuck never happens. So you have to understand where your hormones are at. I would urge everybody to go get a physical yearly. I think it's important. And just have them pull your, your testosterone levels. See where you're at. See where everything's at across the board. But I do think that's important. And if your testosterone is supposed to be at 600 and it's at 200, that might be a big reason why things aren't rolling the right way. I'm not telling you to go on replacement, but there's probably things naturally you can do. And if that doesn't work, you can, obviously we've had physicians on here who've talked about it. And I've had, uh, obviously guests here on the podcast who have talked about it, who are on it and who swear by it. And then some people are like, well, I don't need it because my levels are perfect, but just knowing where they're at 
I think is key. It's also important just to know like what, where your liver functions at. It's important for you guys to know like where your cholesterol levels are at and just what's going on in your body to understand is my thyroid functioning the way that it needs to. All of those things matter, male, female. It doesn't you have to know. And obviously you probably don't think about those at 22, but at 42 I think you need to and just be aware and then you can get with your physician and make the best educated guess moving forward. But all those things really start to matter and play a role in how you look, move, and feel as you start training on the wrong side of 30 and get into your 40s and obviously beyond. So your hormones matter, your food matters, your sleep matters, your stress matters, and obviously diversifying your workouts, finding a different way to skin a cat and just being smart about your training, making it more functional and sustainable is the key to you guys looking and moving and having usable strength as you get into the later years of your life. So Hopefully that made sense. That's obviously my take on it as I've gotten you know older and into training and some of the things that, that I've done. And uh, I'll be sharing a lot more about this stuff, you guys, kind of as this year goes on. And uh, as I obviously age, like all of you, just being smarter and wiser in my training with, with the foods I put in my body. And if I do choose to make choices that don't serve me perfectly, what those choices are and kind of the protocols I go through to still, you know, socially enjoy my life. We've had a ton of guests here. We've been doing a lot of fun stuff, but I really am mindful and, and I pick and choose my spots. And, and I, right now I have flushed my ego down the toilet. I, I really have, I don't have one. Um, like any young dude in my twenties, I'm sure I did. You know, you got this kind of chip on your shoulder, like I'm going to prove something to the world. And, and you're operating of a, a standpoint of sometimes negativity, uh, you know, and I'm going to show everybody and fuck them. And that, that it is, it is motivational. I'll say that and it, it does give you gas to get started, but I don't think it's sustainable. And when you're doing things for ego, you tend to skip steps that are super important in your life to do things the right way for, like I said, sustainability. And that's kind of the message I want to just keep sharing as we go forward. Cause my hope is all of you guys can steal something from me on the podcast, on Instagram, through the newsletters, through all the programs that we put out that helps you do this until you're dead. So you can be the guy who's 76 who like, well, man, grandpa's kind of fucking jacked and you can chase around your grandkids and you can, if that's the life you choose to use, or you're the, you're the George Clooney, you're the single dude when you're 60, just doing what single creepy dudes do when they're 60, just kind of living life, but like looking and moving and feeling your best regardless of what your pursuits are. And so you can be functional and happy and fit both in and outside of the gym. So again, a lot of this came from uh, BJ Gadur email and Dave Schmidt's email, both two of the best. I'll touch on BJ's origin stuff here um, after I talk with him this weekend, and I'll share some of that with you guys moving forward. And again, they're both great followers on Instagram. I respect the hell out of both those guys. I've learned a lot from them. I would not be here without both of their influences. BJ's incredible. And uh, obviously, you know, Dave Schmitz, man, in terms of bands, like if you if you got bands and you want to learn how to work out and use them in a million different ways, like there's not a better resource on the internet to follow than him. And uh, I again, I don't say these things lightly. I don't gas people up just to do it. Like I, I, I don't watch a lot of fitness stuff. I don't follow a lot of fitness people. Uh, and the ones I do, I do it for a reason. And these guys, I, I take a lot of their shit and I take a lot of their ideas and I learn a lot from them. And if I can, I know you guys can as well. So hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, again, a reminder, our 40 days of fitness is kicking off here in just about a day in a couple hours. Links in our Instagram bio. It's in my uh, IG story as well. Message me for a podcast discount code super fast or just register and buy it. And uh, 
we'll have a good time in there, and we'll really we'll push you guys in, in ways that you haven't been pushed recently. And then again, we'll uh, we'll be dropping an app here in about probably four or five weeks. I'll, uh, I'll I'll share it on here. We'll give you guys a sweet deal if you want to you know join the presale list. And again, I'll you see what I do for free. You see what I put out for free. So obviously, if we're gonna charge for it, I'm gonna make it fucking amazing. That's just what I do. Uh, I'm a, I'm addicted to for some weird reason. I just really care about the shit, the shit that I put out and I want it to be awesome and I want it to help you guys. And I know, I know we can do that with this tool and that's kind of our goal. So I'll share that later on. And again, all the podcast sponsors, if you guys want some free athletic greens or some free uh, beam CBD dream nighttime sleep products, hit me up. I'm happy to send them all the other podcast sponsors are in the show notes. And uh, if you guys want a supplement guide, macro guide, smoothie guide, you name it, hit me up. I'm happy to send it to you. If you want to be on the newsletter, we'll throw you guys on there as well. And uh, like always, I appreciate you. If you like the podcast, obviously share with a friend, family member, one of your buddies who who maybe needs to, you know, be a little bit smarter in their training as they age, or maybe it's your mom or dad or whoever. And I think they could get something out of this if they don't mind, uh, you know, some crazy dude rambling on talking shit. So I appreciate you guys. If you're on Apple Podcasts, it means a lot if you could drop us a five star and leave a comment. It takes all about two minutes. You literally scroll down on your phone right from here. Five star, leave a sentence. Uh, it means a lot. It helps us. And the same thing on Spotify. Spotify now does the five stars. You can drop a five star on there and uh, share it. Tag it if you listen to it. I'll reshare it on our Instagram as well. And we appreciate you guys. And I'll be back next weekend with Heather. We got some fun stories uh, to share, and we'll uh, we'll dig into a lot of stuff. We'll take a lot of your questions, uh, if you guys have them, on fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, and anything else in between. So thank you, as always. Your support is humbling. We appreciate you. And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. <laughs>